It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. your girl D Scott and I am here I know y'all thought I forgot about you but I didn't it is tell the truth Tuesday you know the the show that I wait all week to um get in everybody's ass but this week was surprisingly good it is Tuesday March 28 2017 and it, the the show is entitled week four so you know, I was watching this crazy basketball bullshit because my stepdad watches that shit. I don't know what it's about. And it was like 16 games, and it was like 25 or something like that. But they were close by. They were in Buffalo, which I thought was pretty cool. And I was like, damn, if I would have known, I would have went. So here's the thing. So here, here's here's my truth. My truth is, is that, um, you know, I'm week four of um, – my recovery. And so I'm very excited that I got Horatio Jones's books and him as long with along with Joe Brock and Martha Michelle. They're poets. And so a lot of you don't know that I started out like everybody's like, how do you fucking speak like that? What does everything you say sound so eloquent? And it's based upon the fact that I was a very seasoned poet. I actually was doing poetry before I started doing nonfiction. Well, actually, I went from poetry to doing fiction. Then I started doing nonfiction because I found that people related more to pain than we do um, happiness. You know, pain is always evident. Happiness isn't. So that's why a lot of you follow me and I'm very appreciative. So as I stated, it's week four. So I am able this week to go to the bathroom, do everything um, that I need to do. My son's birthday is coming up, and that's going to be like a situation within and of itself. Um, I'm able to stand up straight. And it was crazy because my stepdad's sister, Aunt Barbara, she was like, yeah, I had a hysterectomy. She was telling me like eons ago, and I'm actually going to not so much blog about it, but actually talk about the fact that we as black women don't talk about the H word, you know, hysterectomy. And it's funny because if you look at the word and you break it down as I do with all things, you know, and you look at the Latin root of it or you look at any root, you know, root of it, um, it's hysteria. And so it was so crazy because 
there was a movie on television the other day. I'm flicking the channels, and it was called Hysteria, and it was about, you know, these doctors that came up with, you know, the electroshock therapy um, um, in a woman's vaginal area that would cause her to, quote, unquote, not be bipolar or not be manic or not be anything. So you're going to take this, like, 1,000-volt watt thing and put it on my vajayjay, and so I shut the fuck up. And and I'm, guess what? I'm still not going to shut the fuck up. So week four, you know, I, I scoured the Internet for everything about what the hysterectomy, you know, was going to be like and why and, you know, because they had to take all my shit out and, you know, so on and so forth. So basically I found nothing. Um, there was a group called Hyster Sisters or whatever, but I just think that we as black women, we get this done because we are actually being affected three times more than any other race, and I think it's due to stress, um, and that and uterine cancer, and we don't talk about it. So we're not talking about the fact that you could actually literally feel your fucking organs going back to where they need to be. You actually have a loss of appetite and then a heightened sexual appetite, yet you can't fucking fuck. You can't have sex. You can't do anything Um, because you'll, like, rip your entire vajayjay situation up. Uh you you know, and it's funny, and I'm I'm gonna share this because it was it was a pivotal moment. And I think this is actually something that's actually gonna go in the book. So <clears throat> as I'm in the basement in the hospital, because that's where they do the surgeries at, where I where I'm from, one of the best doctors in the industry, one of the best oncologists and gynecological oncologists, you know, in the industry in my area. Um, and my doctor's late. She's like two hours late. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Which is why when I came out of it, I got there at the hospital at 7 o'clock in the morning, and I got out of the hospital, like, basically not out of the hospital, but I was in the room at, like, 2 o'clock. I'm like, what the fuck happened, you know? And I'm such a high candidate for all of these things because I don't take pills. I don't do drugs. I don't smoke weed. I, You know, I drink occasionally more than often. And um, I remember being in the basement, not being able to text my best friend, not being able to text anybody, and because um, my phone wouldn't work. You know, it was, there was no service. And I'm sitting in this little ass room, and it's like, like this. It's almost like being on like a, a a three foot stage, and they sit you in this chair, and you're freezing. And if you have to have a hysterectomy, word to the wise, bring some socks. And because um, something happens to you, and they open your body up, and you become like completely frigid. And I remember sitting there, and the anesthesiologist who was great, and they keep texting me and calling me to give him a review and shit. He must have thought he made an impression, but really, I hate your guts, but. Whatever the person responsible for me being able to stay alive, which you know the anesthesiologist is just as important as the surgeon. And I remember breaking out crying because I remember saying, you know, you're you're taking my superpowers away, and you want me to have this fucking conversation with you. And he's like, what do you mean your superpowers? I'm like, well, everything that makes me a woman, you're gonna take it out, you know. And so for some people, that's very depressing, and especially for me because it's kind of like. I didn't want a baby, but then the situation happened, and then it was like, but now I don't want a baby. But then when I was pregnant, I did want a baby, but only because it was going to be the last baby. Like, it was like a totally, like, just fucked situation. And um, then we realized you wouldn't have been able to carry the baby because what was going on in your uterus. Um, And it wasn't that my uterus wasn't strong enough. There was cancer in there, so you can't. Saying like ate the baby You know like saying a dingo ate your baby But I remember sitting there and I had like a quick cry For like 10 minutes Where I was just crying because I was just like 
my whole life, you know, I work so that people cannot take anything from me, which whether that's credibility, whether that's money, whether that's my child, anything, you can't take anything from me. And so to have this situation, it was kind of humbling because it was kind of like God saying, you know, here you are. You are trying to control every fucking thing in your life, and you can't control how people view you. You know, I've lost a friend, some friends during this this period, um, and I think it's because people look at me like I'm not human, like I'm not fallible, and I am. And so I remember sitting there crying, saying, you know, and they're kind of looking at me like, what do you mean a superpower? Like, bitch, I give birth. Like, what is it that you, you mere mortal man do? Again, like, I, I give birth. I bring life. Like, a woman had you had it not been for us. So you're taking everything that makes me a woman away from me, and you want me to be, like, cool with it and crack jokes and shit, which you like, I really want to fucking stab you with this fucking small pen that I see here in my room that shouldn't have been left here, which signifies to me that this room probably isn't really as clean as I thought it was. So I had my moment, and then it's so crazy because after the entire hysterectomy, the pain was excruciating. They don't tell you about that. And my pain threshold is high. I'm a motherfucker that was like, don't give me any narcotics. Don't, I don't want any drugs. You know, I've seen people die, and, you know, rest in peace to Bernadette, um, somebody that we knew from our childhood, you know, an unfortunate situation. But it always starts with that one pill. You know, and I didn't want that, so I just took, like, an extended version of ibuprofen, and I was actually off that five days after the surgery and just took the pain because my biggest fear is, you know, when you use, you know, if you're into self-mutilation or if you're into anything that is abusive towards your own body or towards your own self, your biggest fear is you not being able to feel anything. And so for those of you that don't self-mutilate or haven't self-mutilated or don't self-medicate, that's not going to make any sense to you because all you want to do is feel nothing. But those of us that have that high pain threshold, and um, I've only ever, like, dated one person that I could physically, like, just bite down on him, like, on his flesh, and he barely flinched. And it's funny because that's a litmus test for me that says, like, your level of pain has to have been higher than mine because I would have, you know, cried or something and and the man didn't do anything. And so for me, having to feel pain is better than feeling nothing at all, right? Because I feel like my life is in many places, like, sometimes I have to pinch myself to believe, like, am I this happy? Am I this you know, happy in life. And then sometimes, you know, when I was younger, I would cut myself to say, am I really in this life? Am I really in this life? Is this what's really going on? And of course, I write about this in my in my first book. Now we're on book seven. And so book seven, I think, may just be my last book, just because I don't have that level of pain anymore. You know, so anything, you know, things that go bump in the night, I am what goes bump in the night. And things that you know, I think would have killed me didn't. People that I thought would have killed me didn't. Um, illnesses that I thought would have killed me didn't. Friendships that didn't last thought would kill me didn't. There's only maybe one friendship that I could say that if I lost it, I would be completely devastated. But other than that, you know, my premise for not taking the pain medication is because I'm always in a constant fear that. You know, I I would rather, you know, there's a quote, and I can't remember who said it, and and it's, I'd rather to have loved and lost than to have never loved at all. So I would rather feel something than to feel nothing. And so I'm going to close the show out with um, Rose. And if you didn't know, hold on, let me take a sip. I'm on that Niagara Escarpment Wine, Bully Hill. 
I always get the blush, which is the rose. That's my nickname. And then I get the sweet um, white because ever since I had the surgery, the reds are just not sitting right with my palette right now. So my Malbecs, my Shiraz, my Carmenere, they're not sitting back with my palette. And um, I have to kind of work up with that. Like, y'all, I'm so embarrassed. Like, I'm drinking white wine spritzers because my level of alcoholism is just completely shot and very low right now. I'm very embarrassed about that. But I had a quote a few weeks ago, and I said that, you know, love for people like us is self-mutilation. And sometimes we engage in behaviors that make us fall in love or that make us feel something because we're so tired of feeling nothing. And so that is, you know, my week four contribution to the world is that, you know, love for some people, especially for me, is an act of self-mutilation. So if I can't see the blood, if I can't see anything that makes me feel alive, like you have to do something if, if we're in love. And if I can't feel alive, then I don't want it, right? So that means the pain, the hurt, you know, those things cannot outweigh the happiness. So everything with me is a delicate balance, and it's like being in a relationship with somebody that's bipolar but only in relationships. I'm very clear on life and how things go. But um, we're at week four, very excited because now I can start. They say I can run, but it's not true. I can do some brisk walking as if I'm in some sort of AARP club, and if you're in the AARP, you know, bless it because I'm not that fucking old yet. So I'm going to leave you guys with one of my other favorite tracks by – Rick Ross, last year, you, uh, last year, last week you guys heard Apple in My Eye, which is with uh, Raphael Sadiq. This one is Rose. I think she liked me. One of my favorite tracks. I told you all this last week. Tune in for next week. Hopefully I have some more tea to spill, but tonight it was just wine. The flyest shit ever. It's that Rich Forever Part 2. Uh. Better Monday Nico chandeliers. Can't say too many names they had these kind of years. Nice sweaters and these icy diamonds on my wrist. Ice cube looking nigga, you know life a bitch. I once got no allowance, now I got the crown. I said I was the boss, nobody made a sound. Really had to see them things, this level storytelling. Who else could flip a chorus in the 40 million? Out in cons with Leonardo DiCaprio. While out on bond, pray I go to trial rapido. Eight felonies telling me, wanna give me life. Every nut I bust, really, I gotta do it twice. Ricky Ronaldo, really, when I'm in Portugal. I pull a yacht out this weekend, I'm fucking so-and-so. Cameras flash, paparazzi laying in the grass. Tom Brady, my new neighbor, you can tell him that. Uh-huh. I think she lies.
And I never put it in my government Cause I never put on for the government mm, I think she likes Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.